Hey there, it's Michelle Pilpich. I am a registered dietitian, certified personal trainer, and your host of this podcast, Simply Intuitive. On the show, we are talking about all things intuitive eating, active living, and breaking down what's true versus what's a myth in the wellness world so that you can focus on simple and sustainable ways to actually improve your health. If you're feeling overwhelmed by all of the health information floating around and you just want to know what to do to feel your best, you're in the right place. Not only are specific tips coming your way, but you can also count on conversations that will challenge your perspective on what health really means. So I hope you'll stick around for many episodes to come. But for now, let's get into today's show. All right. Hey there. Today I am chatting with my associate dietitian, Nicole Boylan. Welcome, Nicole. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for joining me. Um, I'm excited to chat and have this opportunity for people to get to know you, hear your history, your outlook, if they want to work with you one-on-one. Yes. I'm really excited to talk with you today and hopefully uh, get some more clients. Yes. So, Before we talk about kind of your um, outlook on things now, how you work as a dietitian, I would love for you to start with like what brought you to this field. Oh, yeah. Um, So this is probably a long story, but and there's so many factors that go into it. But um, just in general, I feel like my family growing up was always super kind of into like the diet space. I feel like Um, from a young age, like I watched people in my family kind of going on diets, um, experimenting with Weight Watchers or all the trendy diets or just doing like competitions within the family of who can lose the most weight in a certain amount of time and things like that. Yeah. So it's like, it's really uh, crazy looking back on it to think that that was very normal in my family. Um, I'm sure that definitely kind of had some effects on me growing up, but Um, I would say I definitely realized I wanted to work in nutrition was probably like around high school. Um, I had gone back and forth between wanting to be a dietitian and a psychologist. Actually, I was also pretty interested in um, like mental health and everything like that. Mm. Um, So I was just back and forth on that. And ironically, I didn't want to pursue being a psychologist because I thought I'd be in school forever. But here I am now, like seven years (laughs) into pursuing nutrition as a career. Um, so yeah, but I think high school is like really kind of where my interest in nutrition and like eating quote unquote healthier, um, per se, just because I kind of grew up in this time where social media was like super like relevant in terms of like posting what you eat, um, like the Tumblr era of like the inspiration, like all of those kind of like toxic messages and Instagram accounts, um, especially back in like 2012, 2013, where all of that was just very much on the internet and just kind of targeting young females. And I just feel like being around that. And then I'd also played sports growing up. So especially field hockey was kind of my main sport throughout high school. So I feel like, yeah, so fun. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But I feel like that's kind of where my own preoccupation kind of came with food. I mean, I don't have any like documented history of like eating disorders or anything like that, but definitely like some own personal, like diet struggles, body image concerns growing up, like, especially as a teen. Um, yeah, I mean, who doesn't have that, especially yeah. in high school, like just the body yeah. image stuff, even if it's not an eating disorder, 
we're all so affected by it. By it. Absolutely. And especially growing up with social media, I feel like it's, I feel like in terms of social media nowadays, like there's a lot more of um, both sides. Like you're seeing people mm-hmm. who are very much expressing like intuitive eating and being in support of that. But I feel like when I was in high school, we're, I didn't know what intuitive eating was. I kind of felt like it was being skinny was the um, kind of goal for everything. I wasn't, I definitely wasn't fueling properly for my athletics, Mm -hmm. Um, probably not eating enough in general. I just remember always being like super tired in school, like eating low calorie items. And it's just um, kind of reflecting on that going into college. I didn't even really know what I could be doing as a registered dietitian. I mean, I knew I liked nutrition and I had, I was very like health focused. Um, but I think it was in college when I kind of saw that, you know, I don't want to continue like this kind of preoccupation with food in this unhealthy manner and like the body image concerns. Like I didn't, um, want to kind of continue with that. So, um, I want to say like by senior years when I kind of started hearing about intuitive eating and then, Mm -hmm. um, Oh, by the way, I went to University of Delaware. I'm like kind of backtracking here, but I did my undergrad at UD and then I also did my dietetic internship there and I had a variety of rotations. So one of them was actually a sports nutrition rotation, which I loved, um, especially my preceptor. So she kind of also was very much the first time that I worked with someone where I feel like weight loss or calorie restriction, like wasn't really a focus of our practice. Like I feel like a lot of other conditions or medical nutrition therapy, we were focused on, you know, prescribing X amount of calories or trying to restrict their calories in a way to promote weight loss or anything. But I felt like with the athletes, it was more about teaching them how to properly fuel, but also being in tune with their bodies and, um, you know, fostering like a positive body image too. Mm -hmm. Um, So then I did that. And then I actually did an elective rotation that was research focused with a professor at my school. And I kind of looked all into intuitive eating, did a whole like deep literature review of it and gave a presentation on it. So I think that's when I was like really like thrown into that and kind of myself over the years have just, I guess, through my education and also understanding that I don't want to be like super focused on my diet or Um, you know, even friends now, like we have deep discussions about like intuitive eating type aspects that, um, you know, we don't want to be like so focused on food anymore. Like we want to focus on, you know, enjoying life and food just kind of being an afterthought. So I guess that's where it's interesting. Like even as a dietitian, part of the goal is like not to think about food all the time. (laughs) Like, trust me, I'm definitely thinking about it a lot, probably more than the average person, but it's more so I'm just like, I like to plan everything. So I'm like, oh, I'm excited to like eat dinner or lunch, but. Right. In like a fun way. Yeah. Like food is definitely more of like an enjoyment piece for me. And I try to encourage that with the people in my life that food shouldn't be this stress in your life. I want them to be able to enjoy food, be able to feel in control around food and not dichotomize food either. Absolutely. It is so valuable that you did so much research on intuitive eating. And it's something that when people don't know about intuitive eating, there can be a lot of misconceptions, a lot of thoughts that, you know, oh, this is just ignoring my health and doing whatever I want. And I think that most people probably don't even know that there's research to back it. So what would be the kind of most important takeaways you would want people to know about the actual science behind intuitive eating? 
Yeah. Well, I think it's important to note um, that intuitive eating, the goal of it is never to like promote weight loss or kind of Mm -hmm. manipulate your weight intentionally in any way. So I think that's an important component. Um, I think in terms like if you have a history of, you know, disordered eating habits or, you know, poor body image, those types of things, it can be really beneficial because, you're really kind of taking away all of the rules um, and associations you have with food and your body and just kind of really like listening to your internal body cues and just making peace with food per se. You know, you're not um, like it shouldn't be this huge stressor on you. And um, you're just really kind of getting in touch with your natural hunger cues and everything. Um, But also, enjoying food. Like you want the satisfaction component of it. You want to feel comfortable after eating. So it's not so much, oh, you're going to be able to eat whatever you want, whenever you want. Um, But it's really kind of understanding how your body responds to certain foods um, and, you know, not labeling foods as good or bad. So there's just so many different things that really go into intuitive eating and adopting this kind of lifestyle. That piece you mentioned about on like understanding your body and how it feels is I think the kind of second part that people don't recognize. So like, yes, there is permission for all foods. You can technically eat whatever you want. And there's also the follow-up of paying attention to how it feels when you do eat these things so that you can intentionally decide, yes, I want to continue this. No, I don't want to eat this. Yes, I'm going to eat this today, but maybe not every day. And there's Mm -hmm. so much more flexibility than people think. Yeah. And I think a great kind of example of this that I've definitely seen just in reading the literature, just reading like commentaries on intuitive eating is that like we're all born natural intuitive eaters, like children or babies are not born like worrying about a food is good or bad or, you know, concerns about their bodies and those types of things. So, you know, just kind of getting back to those like primal instincts of understanding your bodies. And it's really just like, external factors like the media or people in your family or friends or just anything you're exposed to growing up that makes you develop these thoughts about, you know, foods being good or bad, or, you know, I shouldn't eat that, those types of things. Right. We have that instinctual knowledge and then we're conditioned against it. And then we have to like learn to go back to it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's hard to do. And that is why we have the jobs we do. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So what would be maybe like one of your tips for, or what would you say to someone who's like, okay, I can recognize that I'm not an intuitive eater. Like, yeah, I'm listening to all the fads and trends way too much, but I know I want to become an intuitive eater. What would you tell someone about like where to start? Yeah. Um, so for me, I kind of like to start with like the mindset and understanding like how you developed these thoughts and, you know, what in your environment has shaped where you are now in terms of how you feel about your body and food. Um, but I guess that would kind of be like my first starting point and like unpacking that and like accepting that. Um, but then also just kind of, you know, ex- understanding your body and accepting it for where it is. And I like to kind of like praise my body or like encourage people to like accept your body for what it is and what it does for you. And I think that can be kind of a good place to start because like your body is constantly trying to keep you alive. And 
dieting and restricting or even binging, like doing these things, you're fighting against it when your body just wants to keep you alive and keep you healthy and happy. And um, so just kind of like trusting yourself and your body and then kind of go further talk with a registered dietitian. Um, also, I'm a huge proponent of mental health and therapy. So definitely a lot of um, intersection between providers in that area. Yeah, I love that you start off with mindset because I think people who have never seen a dietitian before think, okay, just tell me what to eat. But we actually exactly. start way before that. There's yeah. so much more that goes into it. And that is a really, really important place to start because you can, I mean, I always say this to my clients. I see it a lot. I'm sure you see it too. Like people trying to just shame themselves into change and feeling like, okay, if I'm just more like harsh with myself or if I have these stricter rules, then I'll finally be able to do it. I have to like just do it. But no, the you use the word accepting and that's so important. Accepting where you're at, where your body's at, where your mindset came from and the experiences you had yeah. is what actually lets you understand them and then figure out the sustainable ways to change the things that you want to change. Exactly. Yeah. What about um, the sports and fitness and athletic piece? I think it's also so cool that you have that specific experience. Um, so what are your thoughts on the intersection of intuitive eating with fitness and how you encourage people to have a healthy relationship with both food and exercise? Yeah, um, I definitely think it's super important. And especially, you know, athletes, or just people who are active in general, you know, as you increase your activity for one reason or another, like you're going to probably require more nutrition in order to, you know, maintain your health and support your activities. Um, so I actually think in your podcast with Ella, you had, you mm -hmm. both were talking about, cause she also does, you know, intuitive eating with athletes, yes. but you guys were talking about how you could argue to say that even like focusing on, you know, specific nutrients or, um, you know, focusing on an increase in nutrition could be in considered intuitive because that's, you know, what your body is needing, but sometimes you can't always recognize, especially if you're just kind of starting out. I mean, I feel like us personally as dietitians, we could understand like, oh, you know, we need more of more protein or something like that to support my activity. But if someone who's not super, um, you know, educated in terms of just general nutrition, like they may not understand you need to increase your protein or you need to eat, increase your sodium if you're sweating a lot, things like that. So I would say that there's definitely the component of, you know, listening to your body when you're feeling hungry, but also it might be important to en like enlist a dietitian or someone um, to kind of help you figure out what else your body would really need in terms of your activity levels. Yeah, that's another one of the pillars of intuitive eating. I always talk about it as kind of this logical intuitive eating where, yes, you're listening to your body, but especially with physical activity, especially when you're really intensely exerting yourself. You know, I personally am a runner. I will be training for another marathon this year. And like when you're doing that type of exercise, it can mess with your cues. Mm -hmm. And you know this as well from working with athletes and being an active person. And so it is intuitive to do the things that you know you need, even if it doesn't physically feel like you need them because yeah. you're doing it with the intention of like ultimately 
feeling good and feeling the way you want to feel. So you're spot on. And like, those are the things exactly like you said that you and I can coach clients on Mm. when they might not have the awareness. So you talked a little bit about kind of not having the knowledge of how to fuel your own activity back in high school. What are the most important things that you've learned for yourself about fueling activity? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So many. So (laughs) in terms of, well, so I do CrossFit now. I'm not like competitive or anything, but I do CrossFit about three times a week and then other activities, just kind of walking daily activities of life. So, um, but for me, I was not super into like eating a lot of um, animal products, I guess, growing up. Like I wasn't a huge like meat eater, um, but I feel like in recent years, I've definitely kind of prioritized eating adequate amount of protein and fat, um, especially in terms of, you know, exercise, like kind of making sure that I'm eating a balanced amount, not specific amounts, but ensuring that my meals are pretty balanced each day. Um, I also kind of like to incorporate um, more carbohydrates before I work out. Um, I usually get up pretty early most days, so I'm usually eating a breakfast and sometimes a mid-morning snack before, but it's really just incorporating probably a lot, way more food than I ever could have imagined, like in high school eating, um, focusing on hydration. And yeah, I also... I personally can experience or sense hunger coming on in other ways. Like if I'm getting super tired or fatigued, um, headaches, those types of things where I'm like, oh, you know what? I have, maybe I haven't eaten enough today or eaten in a couple hours or um, things like that. So it's really just kind of being prepared in terms of what I have on hand or what I bring with me to school or workouts or things like that. So um, yeah, so I've definitely learned a lot. <laughs> I mean, all of those things are so important. And what you just said, I literally am about to like post a TikTok about this, (laughs) about those other signs of hunger, because that has been the theme of the week for my clients this week, about the hunger scale and how hunger doesn't always show up the way we think it does. But most people, and probably how I was, how you were back in high school, it's like we only recognize the extremes. And mm-hmm. we don't know those subtle signs. So yeah. you know, now you and I as dietitians can help people learn those subtle signs and learn what to do so that you don't get to that point, especially when you're exerting yourself in exercise. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be feeling lightheaded and just like not performing the way you want to. Um, and you can really mitigate that by, like you said, being prepared, having snacks, having yeah. all the carbs, having the protein to recover, and especially fats also like Yes, protein is important and for the strength training and muscle growth and all of that. Um, And then a lot of the, we're kind of covering all our bases here because then I see a lot of the endurance athletes who might lose their cycle from not having enough carbs and fat. And so Mm -hmm. it's all so important in the right portions. And what you said is so spot on, like when we tell people how much they actually need to eat, it's, it usually leads to shock. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I also just think like the average breakfast for me in high school would have been something like just a bowl of cereal or like a Pop-Tart or something. And that's pretty much just only carbs. And now when I make cereal, I'm like adding peanut butter. I add fruit. I add like milk and every like real dairy milk. So it's just like these things that I, you know, restricted for so long because I, you know, had whatever mindset, but um, they really support you all day. Like I'm not going, I'm not immediately hunger, hungry an hour after eating now. Um, I mean, I definitely still get hungry fairly often, but it's just kind of making sure that I'm fully satisfied as best as I can. 
um, after each meal and just really yeah, contribute and to your overall health. Right. Though, I mean, I ate the same types of things in high school for breakfast and part of it can be, you know, food rules and these ideas. And part of it is also just like cultural and what we're conditioned Mm -hmm. to have. You know, it was just normal that, okay, breakfast is either toast or cereal. And I have always had a big appetite. I've always been a big breakfast person, especially. Um, And especially when I'm training, I will eat like two breakfasts a day before (laughs) noon. Um, And so when I was younger and in high school, my mom would put out cereal for breakfast and I would have like two or three big bowls of cereal and feel like, well, why do I need so much? But of course I needed so much because yeah. <laughs> it like wasn't very filling or it was always such a treat. It felt so special when she made this cinnamon toast, mm-hmm. like homemade, just toast with butter on it and then cinnamon sugar and Ooh. put it in the toaster oven and it gets like so melty and crispy. That sounds good. <laughs> um, and it was so good. But I would have the two slices and be like, I need more. I would literally eat like yeah. four because it just wasn't filling. Mm-hmm. So now knowing, you know, the other day I had toaster waffles and like also had eggs on the side and also put cream cheese on the waffles for more fat because <laughs> you need all of it. Exactly. Yeah. Bre- I'm, I'm very passionate about breakfast as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I definitely, I wake up a lot earlier than I probably need to, but I like to have like my coffee and my breakfast and everything. So yeah. The morning is like sacred. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, another thing people don't realize is that snacks are so normal. Like so many people mm-hmm. tell me, well, none of my friends eat snacks. Like none of my family eats snacks, but I have always been, and I will always be the person eating snacks even when nobody else is. Yeah, no, I agree. (laughs) There's no shame in it. I feel like anytime that I'm even like sensing that I'm getting hungry, I'm like, I need to eat immediately or this could end very badly. (laughs) Yes. Hangry is a real thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I totally agree. Obviously. I mean, this is why we work together. We are very aligned. Yes. Um, So what would you say are maybe some tips or thoughts if somebody has never seen a dietitian and they don't know like well why would someone see a dietitian how do mm-hmm. i know if i need to what might you tell someone about like possible things you can work on with clients reasons that somebody might see a dietitian yeah so there are definitely many reasons why anyone could see a dietitian um we have a very extensive background in terms of like clinical nutrition too so we're involved in like a lot of different Uh, medical condition, you know, diabetes, chronic kidney disease, different types of cancer, like dietitians in general are involved in so many different diseases and treatment plans. Um, Specifically, if you're working with a dietitian who's going to be, you know, doing more nutrition coaching in terms of like intuitive eating. um, I just don't want people to be afraid that, you know, we're going to make them feel badly for any of their food choices or behaviors around food. Like that's not the goal of our job. Like I always want people to feel like they can just be very open and comfortable sharing about their eating history, any of their concerns. Um, so yeah, I just want them to know that it's like a very safe space and that they can talk about all their concerns, even if they just have general nutrition questions, like we're always very happy to answer. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's so many different dietitians out there, you know, some depending on your personal goals and needs, um, maybe different types that are right for you. I know in our practice, we're definitely very focused on like the 
um, like the motivation behind what you're doing and your goals um, with food and your body. So yeah, we're not necessarily going to be making you like a strict meal plan, but there are dietitians out there who would do that. But um, yeah, we kind of want to help you understand your body and your hunger and everything else that comes along with that. Right. And so like you said earlier, that's something that people usually get trained away from just as we age. And so there can be like any reason and no reason to work with us because if you feel disconnected in any way, a lot of people think like, oh, well, I don't have an eating disorder, so I don't have to work with you. But probably a lot of clients that we see don't have like a diagnosed eating disorder, Mm -hmm. but still want to improve that relationship with food and even optimize things. Like you could be, like I was in high school, you could be eating enough at breakfast because you're having like four pieces of toast till you're not hungry, but you're not optimizing how good you can feel. And so we can help with that. And yeah, like you said, safe space, nothing is off limits. And it's hard. Like talking about food is a weirdly vulnerable Mm -hmm. thing. It's very hard to be open about that. And I always tell people like, we do this for our job, whatever you're going to say is most likely not something that we've never heard before. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And just even with our training too, like you were saying, like if you're kind of um, being, you know, trained against your natural, natural intuition, like from a child to now, like even just, you know, somebody provides like their 24 hour recall and we're looking at their diet. Like it's very easy for us to kind of like pick out, Oh, you know, maybe you're feeling like extremely hungry later in the day because you're, you know, not really eating much at all between when you eat lunch and then your late evening dinner. So, and then, you know, like that just might be common to us to be like, Oh yeah, like we need to, you know, kind of maybe incorporate another snack or meal in between then. But, um, that might just not be super common for someone else who's never had any background in nutrition. So we ultimately, we just want to make sure that, you know, like you said, you're optimizing your nutrition, pointing out any blind spots that we could potentially improve to make sure that you're feeling very energized. That's such a good point. It really, I mean, I like the way you said that something that might not be easy to notice for someone else is something that we're trained to very quickly pick up on. So it's really just like outsourcing anything. You know, I finally last year had a professional web designer do my website and like, sure, I could have Googled how to do everything and taken hours and hours, or I could hire someone who's super specialized in that and can like Mm -hmm. do it, do it well, give me what I want easily. And so it's similar for anyone you're going to hire to work with you. Like, yeah, you could do all this research, go on Google. That's going to be hard because there's so much conflicting information. Or you could hire a dietitian who is specialized, who knows what they're talking about, who's going to be able to help you and like have those quick realizations so that you can get to your goals more easily. Absolutely. And especially because your dietitian is going to, you know, kind of give you an unbiased perspective. You know, the people in your life, if you're going to your friend who one thing worked for her, you like, and it might not be even like science back. Like we've done the training, we've done the research. Um, so mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, you'd obviously want to go to a professional that is trained in this to help you really navigate your own health and your goals. Right. There's so much danger in that. Like this worked for me. And mm-hmm. then just 
following blindly with someone's recommendations. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're here for you. We're here to answer your questions. <laughs> yes. We'll have the answers. And if we don't have them, we know where to find them to get the accurate ones. <laughs> yes. And literally like nothing makes, I mean, I'm sure you feel this same way too, but like when I'm talking to a client or just even people in my life and like, I'm able to help them in just like the smallest way, feel better about their food choices or their body, or just feel a little less stressed about food and nutrition. Like that just makes me so happy. Exactly. It's the best. Yeah. It's the best. That's why we do it. (laughs) Cool. Well, is there anything else about you that you wanted to share that I haven't asked you about? Mm. Like we covered a lot. Yeah, I think we did cover a lot. Um, Yeah, just reiterating that we're here for you and we really want to like get to know you as like an individual and we'll really, we want to make the time to like understand everything. So don't hold anything back. Like we're not judging you. We want to talk to you about your food, nutrition, physical activity, and we just want to help you meet your goals, you know? So well said. So well said. Yep. We are here for you. Um, So I am going to list the links in the show notes for my website, my Instagram, your Instagram, Nicole, and for a link to schedule a discovery call. So if you're interested in being a client and working with us, you can set up a call. It's a free 15-minute chat just to get some questions answered and hear more about what it would be like to work with us um, if you didn't get a good idea today. (laughs) But of course, there are always more questions and we're so happy to answer those. So check out those links. Follow us on Instagram, um, and we'll have to have more chats on yeah, here and definitely. have people back for more specific Loving topics. <laughs> but thanks for chatting today and for introducing yourself to everyone. Yeah, of course. I'm very happy to be here, and thanks for having me. Of course. We will chat again soon. All right. Bye. And there you have it. That is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it and had some good takeaways. If you did, I would love to hear what's resonating for you. Send me a DM on Instagram or share the episode to your stories and tag me so that I can see that you're listening and hopefully loving it. You can also share this episode with a friend who you think would enjoy it and spread some intuitive eating love to everyone around you. As always, five-star ratings and reviews are so appreciated, so you can drop me one of those. Be sure to also check out the show notes for all the links that I mentioned and more information on myself and my nutrition private practice. Other than all that, I hope you have a great day and a great week, and I will catch you in the next episode.